I have three children, three, a 13-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And even though I'm in my 40s, I find there are some advantages and disadvantages. Uh, being the age that I am, on the one hand, I'm a lot more patient than I would have been at 22. I am. I, there are moments, moments, okay? And, and I can be just patient as the day is long with my kids. The only downside, the one big downside, is that I just don't have the energy that I had at 22. In fact, a lot of the times, as a parent, i got to admit, I'm tired. Aren't some of you parents? Come on. Aren't you just tired? Yeah. Sign me up. I mean, I could take a week-long nap at any given moment. I mean, I'm just tired. And my kids know this. Yeah, because I'm still in the thick of it. I think parental exhaustion is kind of like that, that heat. And the kids have this heat-seeking missile that just zeroes in for parental exhaustion. I mean, the two are linked. And even though I know better, because I've done this with the other two, even though, I've, I, even though I know better, over the last year I've been doing something with Maddie that I like to call random reinforcement. Here's how random reinforcement works. Maddie accompanies me on a lot of errands that I run. So here we go. We go to the store. I'm, you know, pulling Maddie, Maddie along, and my arm's getting a little longer. And we go, and we're in the checkout line. And finally, I've got this stuff. We're in the checkout line, and Maddie sees something. Daddy, Daddy, can I have a sucker? Daddy, can I please have a sucker? Daddy, I want a sucker. Can I have a sucker? Please, please. Can I have a, I want a purple one. Can I have a purple one? I want a purple one. Can I have a purple sucker? Now, I know your kids are not quite that intense. Mine can be. And so on that particular day, no, Maddie, it is not on the list. We are not getting a sucker. No. Oh, off we go out to the car. Fast forward a day or two, and we're back at the store. Only maybe my tiredness level now is a little bit more than it was. And so we do the game again. Daddy, Daddy, they have purple suckers here. Can I have a purple pop? I want a purple pop. Can I have one? I want one of purple. Fine, you can have one. And there it is, random reinforcement. I know better, and yet this has been a tug back and forth over the last year. You know what I find interesting? Casinos operate on the same principle. Think about it. It's all about random reinforcement. You're there on the casino floor. I'm not saying you, maybe your friends, okay? And you're pulling the slot, pulling the slot, pulling the slot. And you keep pulling that because... At any given moment, it could hit. And you don't know when that moment's going to be. This is what it's like in your kids' minds and in my kids' minds with random reinforcement and parenting. They, they never know when they're going to hit the kid lotto, so they keep pulling the lever, pulling the lever, pulling the lever, pulling the lever. Okay? And it's just, I don't need my kids to be casino junkies. Okay? We know, most of us who are parents, we know inconsistency is a bad idea. We know this. And, and like so many other things, it's really easy to spot in other parents. And so if you're here today and you don't have kids yet, I want to acknowledge you see inconsistent parenting everywhere, don't you? I mean, you get in the car and you're talking, if you've got a boyfriend or a husband or a, a girlfriend or a wife or, or something like that, you probably, you're like, man, when we have kids, we are never, never, and I can I just emphasize never to the nth degree, never going to do that. That's just dumb. 
Why would anybody? You'd have to be stupid to parent like that, you know, and on and on it goes. Well, here's the thing. You're still young and not tired enough yet. (laughs) Okay? Just trust me. You will get tired. And tired parents aren't necessarily bad parents, but tired parents can make some very bad parenting decisions. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. This is especially true when it comes to discipline. Okay? I don't know if you remember your dad saying this when he was about to paddle you, or maybe you had the belt or the back of the hand or whatever it was, and, you know, he cracks it, and then you hear, son, honey, it's going to hurt daddy more than it hurts you. And, you know, in that moment, you were thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> Nate, no way. It's going to, uh-uh, liar. Okay? Your, your dad wasn't lying. Believe it or not, discipline is hard. When you're the parent, Discipline is no fun. Discipline will suck the life right out of you as a parent. It just is. Some of you are the teenagers. I know you're thinking, you are crazy, Max. That is not, no. I'm telling you the truth. Discipline is just no fun. And even godly parents, godly parents sometimes struggle with discipline. I don't want you to turn there, but we get a little snapshot into the life of King David, of all the kings. King David, a man after God's own heart. That king. Okay, King David had a number of sons. The fourth son that he had was a man by the name of Adonijah. Little boy, grew up to be a man. And in this passage, it's when Adonijah's older brothers, Amnon and Absalom, they're all dead. And he's now the oldest surviving son. And if you're the oldest surviving son of a king, someday you become what? King. And so Adonijah thought. Unfortunately, God had told David, I want you to make Solomon king. Well, this is the little snippet we get. About that time, David's son, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, decided to make himself king in the place of his aged father. So he provided himself with a chariot and horses and recruited 50 men to run in front of him. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, what are you doing? Adonijah was a very handsome man and had been born next after Absalom. What an interesting thing in the pages of Scripture. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time and never asked, why are you doing what you're doing? David never interfered. Adonijah was a product of parental neglect and indulgence, and he did some bad things as a grown-up. Ding, they're connected. And his dad was King David, the guy who had a heart after God. And he struggled with parenting. Okay? Nothing will exacerbate a kid more than inconsistency when it comes to discipline or no discipline at all. And, and, and it'll exacerbate them. Some of them you have in mind Ephesians 6. Fathers don't exacerbate your children. I mean, there, that may, might be woven in there. So if discipline is hard... Okay, if discipline is hard, and sometimes godly parents even struggle with it, well, what does God want? Why? Today I want to put a stake in the ground, and the stake of the ground is this. Effective discipline, effective discipline is consistent, and it deals with a wrong heart, not just a wrong action. Effective discipline is consistent discipline, and it deals with a wrong heart, not just a wrong action. Okay, and I'm a fellow traveler parent along this. I do not claim to be perfect. But here's the passage we're going to be in today, and it's Proverbs chapter 18, or Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18. Proverbs 19, verse 18, and this is what it says. Discipline your children while there is hope. 
That's, that's optimistic right there. Woo! What are you trying to say, Lord? <laughs> Discipline your children while there is hope. If you don't, you will ruin their lives. The, the word in the older translations is it will lead to death. Okay, can we all agree that if when you're talking about death, even as a metaphor, death is probably bad, isn't it? Okay, you know, what happened at the game? Oh, they killed us. That's usually not good, right? That's bad. Let's all agree. So death is bad. And in this passage, okay, so bad stuff comes of not disciplining your children. Another way you could phrase that is be involved in your children's lives and discipline them. Look, we, we all sin. We've all disobeyed. Everyone in this room disobeyed your parents. We all did, okay? And our kids are just like this. But ultimately, it's a heart issue. When they're mouthing off, when they don't do what you've asked them to do, when they do things they're not supposed to do, it's not the action, it's the heart that's the issue. Uh, there's another verse in Proverbs a little bit earlier. It's Proverbs chapter 4, and this is what it says, 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. See, a wise parent knows that there's a connection between action and heart. The old-time preachers would call it fruit and root. Your kid doesn't take out the trash when you told him to take out the trash. That's just the fruit. It's a root issue. You want to get at the root cause, the old-fashioned preachers would say. I know. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little old-fashioned. I'll shut up now. Okay. So fruit and root is the old way of talking about it. Okay. Jesus had the same thing when he talked about out of the heart is what the bad stuff comes out. Okay. So it's a heart issue. As a parent, as a parent, discipline's got to take into account not just the action, but the heart stuff, the attitude, the character. And, and, and it's good to ask why, okay? Why did you hit your sister? Now, there's a difference, okay? Let me show you the difference. Why did you hit your sister? Okay, that is going to get the, the standard response, default kid setting, which is, I don't know, if you get a response at all, okay? So I'm talking a few minutes after you've cooled down and they've cooled down and, and maybe the sun is still shining and there's hope in the world, okay? Okay, in that moment to sit them down, maybe even later at night. Why did you hit your sister today? What was going on? Because you want to get out at what's going on in the heart. Well, they did this, or, you know, they got all this stuff for their birthday, and, you know, basically it was envy. I mean, out of, so you want to, you want to figure out what the heart issues are going on. There's a couple of ways that as parents, we, we, we often misfire when it comes to discipline. One is repeated direction, the repeated direction misfire. This is how repeated direction misfire works son i need you to take out the trash son would you please please take out the trash i told you to take out that trash now in that moment your kid is up and hopefully taking out the trash but the repeated the way to repeated direction goes is that you're training your kid that the first time and the second time are kind of like warm-ups for when, you know, the fuse gets blown. And then when the fuse is blown, the kid knows, okay, this is when I really need to spring into action because I see the blood vessel. Okay, so that's, that's a common misfire. And we, again, when you're tired, it's easy to do this. Okay, the second common misfire is the empty threat misfire. And the empty threat works this way. If you don't, mm-mm, then I'll... Mm-mm. And, you know, we had one of our kids tell us recently... You don't, guys, don't follow through. Da, 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 da. It's okay. So, hmm, yes, there's been many husband-wife powwows about that, okay? If you're like me, if you're like me and you get tired, what you'll find is that in the heat of the moment of discipline, 
trying to pull a random punishment out of your head is hard. And to be consistent is even harder. And that's why I have a happy little tool that I want to pass out today. And Ted, you can help me. You can send these. And you'll go, Max, that's just a piece of paper. <laughs> yes, yes it is. But it's a piece of paper that could save your life. Okay? <laughs> it's called the if-then chart. And I, I, there's a couple of examples at the top. If you don't do your chores with a good attitude, then you will have to clean an extra bathroom. Or for teenagers, if you get a speeding ticket, then you lose your license for three months. Okay? If then. The beautiful thing about an if then chart, one, it's a great thing to sit down and and actually go over with your kids. Here's the funny thing about kids. Believe it or not, kids are often stricter than we are. Like, so if you go, hey, we're having a family powwow. What are some of the things that should be like hard and fast rules in our house? Oh, they'll tell you what should be, you know, right and wrong. Okay. And, and often, okay. So what's, what's some of the punishments? Oh, well, <laughs> okay. Your kids are experts on, on the punishments and the crimes because you know, they're the perpetrators. Okay. So now again, remember in parenting is parenting a democracy. Is your home a democratic, democratic Republic? No. Your home is a benevolent dictatorship, and you are the dictator, okay? <laughs> Just remember, okay, so when you're having this family powwow, yes, they get input and they get some say, but ultimately, this is a dictatorship, <laughs> and mom and dad decide, okay? Here's the beauty of if-then, all right? And in and, and our family time this week, we're going to make out a new, because we've gone the whole gamut. We've developed charts, we've done this, and blah, 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 blah. So if-then's coming to Vanderland, all right? Um, here's... here's uh, Here's why this works, all right? And, and this is from my friend up in Wheaton, okay? And this is what he has to say. Here's why if-then works. His name is Rob. He says, the first thing it does is that it helps you break out of angry punting, okay? There's an infraction. A kid doesn't do what they're saying, da-da-da-da. You don't have to, in that moment, be mad and be trying to think of, you know, some kind of punishment or what to do. It's right there. And, you know, if you run into a situation, you can always add and make the if-then chart, you know, 15,000 pages long. But the beauty is, well, you broke the rule. You know the punishment. It's up there on the fridge or it's in the hallway. And you can be dispassionate about it. The other thing about an if-then chart is that it gives consistency and predictability. You'll be amazed. Sometimes, though, you'll find them staring at, you know, my, my friend Rob says he's occasionally caught his two kids staring at this. Uh, and and he knows that what they were doing is they were trying to determine if what they were going to do was worth what the punishment was going to come. <laughs> okay, the wheels were turning. I mean, they knew. Okay, so if I do, mm, okay, all right, <laughs> right. The the other thing is that it's this is flexible. Okay, if it's not working, get rid of that and change it and put something else. But try if then. Okay, this is my gift to you. This is Rob's gift to all of us. Thank you, Rob. Okay. If then, because it can help in terms of, of being consistent, okay? It's just a tool, and that's all it is. Let me ask some questions when it comes to discipline today. And here's a few questions worth asking. How did your parents discipline you? <laughs> and what was the result? Okay, that, that's kind of the background stuff going on in your head as a parent, okay? And that's good to know some of those things. If you're married, are you and your spouse in agreement? I mean, because, you know, if you're not, then, you know, that's not going to work, okay? 
And here's another question. Do you see passive rebellion in your child? Hopefully the answer is yes, because the, the Bible calls it sin, and it's in all of it. <laughs> okay, so it's, but what's your typical response, and is it working? I believe God put, one of the reasons that God puts us parents in, in our kids' lives is so that it's not to ruin them. I know our kids think that, okay, right? You're just out to ruin my life. <laughs> okay, no, that's not why God is not capricious. He's not up there going, hmm, I'll show them. I'm going to give them parents. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, no, it did not play out that way. I guarantee it, okay? God put us parents in our kids' lives so that our kids could begin to see the connection between action and consequence. Because aren't there some really nasty consequences in life to some really nasty behaviors? There are. And we help our kids when we help those connections form early and, 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 and they're lasting, okay? So God put us in their lives so that uh, they can see this connection between consequence and action. It's, it's as Proverbs said, if, if, if we don't discipline, we will ruin their lives. And David ruined several of his son's lives. Not just Adonijah, but, but Amnon and Absalom. I mean, the, the, the misfiring parenting thing really snagged David. If you're here today and you're, and you're a teenager, I want to let you in on something about your parents. Yes, God put your parents in your life to help you form this connection between consequences and, and your actions. But it's so that you will avoid bigger consequences later. It's not because God is mean. It's actually because God loves you and wants what's best for you. Discipline, the good discipline, is always rooted in love, isn't it? That's why the writer of Hebrews put it this way. He says this, The Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes those he accepts as his children. Why? Because he loves them. <laughs> 